Uh, welcome back to Bite Sized. I'm super excited today. I've got a really good friend of mine, um, amazing entrepreneur, Jeremy, on the pod. Uh, pleasure to have you on, my man. Jeremy is the founder and CEO of Decibel, uh, which is an audio ad platform that allows you to run ads across Spotify, podcasts, and digital radio. Super excited to have you on, Jeremy. Um, glad to have you here. Yeah, deeply appreciate you uh, letting me on the show. I don't know if I'm an amazing entrepreneur. I'm an okay entrepreneur, but I do my best. So. You're, 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 you're doing it, right? You're, 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 you're living and, and breathing proof that, um, and, and, and you're doing it. So th that deserves props. That deserves props. I, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. So Jeremy, tell me a bit more about Decibel, um, why you started it, what it does, um, why people should be excited about audio ads. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I guess a bit of background on me. I've been running Facebook ads since like 2011, right? I got into it really, really early, almost on accident. Um, but then when you get into something like that, that early back in the like one cent CPC days, that has a way of like hijacking your career. I didn't really know what I was going to do for like career wise while I was still in school. I found this ended up being pretty good at it. At least I think so. And then did that for a very long time over the years, got into like the wider programmatic ecosystem, whether it was audio ads or, you know, buying digital out of home or buying uh, connect television, things like that, banner ads, all of that stuff. In addition to kind of your social platforms, Google, that sort of thing that I think a lot of your audience is familiar with. And, you know, it was a combination of wanting to do something different. Uh, I'd had like a really successful career as like, you know, a consultant freelancer, right, working with a lot of brands, um, as well as, you know, kind of running a small shop myself for a while. But I, I just really wanted to make a change. I kind of felt like sometimes I was in like a hamster wheel a little bit, right? I would do great work, and then like a client would leave, and it felt like starting over again and again, right? And, you know, I think that people that uh, build great agencies are great at that, but that that wasn't really like how I operate. And so I was like, you know, I, I really want to work on a product. I see these audio ads working really well. I think that this is an underdeveloped part of the ecosystem. And I think there's like a great opportunity here. And so made the jump uh, a couple of years back, I think December 2020, actually, so just over two years. Um, we built the platform, made uh, made some early revenue, raised some venture capital, and we've been kind of scaling and growing and evolving ever since. And so, yeah, Decibel High Level, like you said, it's an audio ads buying platform. We connect to over 90% of all digital audio ads sources, um, as well as we actually have AM, FM radio now. And it's really the goal is like one-stop shop run audio ads for performance marketers, right? And so taking that discipline of you know, having like a Facebook ads agency or Google search like focused agency or an SEO agency or what have you, and taking this very, very top of funnel kind of tool like audio and bringing it more to like the mid funnel, right? By adding like conversion pixels and audiences and creation tools and all those things to make it easy and accessible and perform. Awesome. Um, and I think that's like, a, a for me, one of the exciting things that you're doing differently or positioning differently, right? Because in, in my background as well having run audio ads and, and everything else like you're it, it feels like you're making it more accessible to the performance marketer right to the the e-commerce brands where they might be really familiar with you know the facebook's the google audio has maybe felt like something or the big brands do is just an awareness play um it feels like you're trying to solve that that or maybe change the perception a little bit but also have a solution that solves things like well how do we tie this 
from an attribution standpoint to something that's actually driving, you know, revenue for the brand. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that like you're hitting on kind of a main point, actually a conversation I had with some ad tech people yesterday, which is ad tech is so recursive. It just focuses on the same handful of very, very large agencies and brands, right? Just bringing them kind of like incrementally better things. And really there's this whole other group over here, which is like performance marketers. And I, I really strongly feel is like the future of the advertising industry, right? Is folks that focus on actual outcomes, folks that focus on performance, folks that work with brands of all sizes. And I think that the ad tech kind of industrial complex, if you will, uh, like largely ignores those marketers. And because of that, I think a lot of the marketers that are doing in the trenches, doing great work, the future of the industry, like don't have a lot of education about like what is actually like available on the ad tech side. And so I think that there is like, two components to it. Like you said, there's an education piece, right? Which is bridging that gap and saying, hey, like these tools exist, they're available, right? And then also building out the infrastructure as well as packaging it in such a way that it works for uh, those, you know, kind of the, these in, uh, up and coming brands, right? And these up and coming agencies. And that that's really how I view it is trying to, trying to yeah, expand access and make it work for, for those folks, which I, I truly believe are like the future of the industry. Yeah. So, if, you know, like I said, a, a lot of brands in, in the, in, in the space that they're, they're probably, they're, they're running Facebook ads, they're running Google, they've got email SMS programs. What's, is there a right time in your mind to start testing audio ads? What are the prerequisites as to when it might make sense? Um, you know, like for anyone, any brand listening who hasn't tested it, what, what would you suge suggest is like, is the right time or, or, or could it could it work at any stage of where a brand is at in, in terms of their growth? Yeah, no, I, th I think that it depends. I think there's better times. It can work at any stage, right? I think that there's more advantageous times to look at something like audio. And I, I'll actually zoom out and not be so self-promotional uh, here for a second. There's really like a group of like next step or like, you know, kind of like if you want to use like sports terminology, like off the bench, right? Like if you if you're a basketball fan, like it's you've got your Facebook running, you've got your Google search running, you're starting to hit the point where you're like, okay, yeah, there's more reach we could get. Yeah, there's more incremental that we can get out of this platform. But the marginal benefit is starting to drop off a little bit, right? We're starting to feel like we're tapping out of it. And of course, there's great ways to scale and there's agencies that are specifically focused on scaling like that, right? And that's, you know, a great thing. But I think that that's really the point where we see kind of like these mass market D to C brands um, really do that. Another time is if they just got into a major retailer, right? That's a time that we see that's like a good time to jump into connect television, audio, that sort of thing. Um, and then I, I'll, I will break off and say that for like a brand that has like a local focus, right? Like whether it's like a lead generation focus. Or they're starting, you know, day one in like a retail local location because, you know, for a variety of reasons um, that can start at any time. Right. Because audio really does well locally like that. Um, and so that that's kind of the two points. Basically, when you're starting to feel the marginal uh, benefit of like more money into the same platforms plateauing. And then at the same time, if you're local, anytime and retail, of course, like I said. Yeah. Yeah. That makes total sense. That makes total sense. Um, talk to me a bit more about the attribution piece. So audio to attribution, like how does that, how does that work? Yeah, absolutely. So 
We do have a pixel, right? And that's one of the things that we've worked really hard on is attribution. And it kind of comes up over and over and over because you can't optimize without attribution, right? You can't create new audiences and tell which ones are working without attribution. It kind of really at the end of the day, that return on ad spend number is the most important thing in most marketers' minds, as it should be, right? Um, or if you want to take, you know, uh, there, there's all sorts of metrics that I see on Twitter all the time that people say, but we'll just keep it simple and say return on ad spend. Uh, that said, yeah, so there's a few different ways that you can measure it, right? Like V1, easiest way of doing it, pixel installation, right? And what that actually measures is a listen through, and then they take action within like a time window, right? So you can think about it as like the same as like a view through, but since there typically isn't a click, right? Like you're going to have to trust that listen through a little bit more versus like a click through, view through kind of breakdown, like with like a Facebook ad, right? Number two, I really, really encourage people to use post-purchase surveys and then work backwards from that, like project out what is actually driving the uh, intent of like a customer, right? What is that trigger? Which meet, which Which platform is doing that, right? And then three, if you want to get kind of more advanced and like, you know, you can roll up your sleeves and get into the analytics a little bit, is like a sales lift or a traffic lift, right? And look at your analytics, run the audio ads, do like a holdout test, like based on geography, run audio ads in like a specific geography and see if traffic spiked, see if sales spiked, right? Figure out what your expected revenue should have been over a period of like a month, run the audio ads in that geographic area and see if you saw like a lift in orders, right? What was the revenue of those orders? Well, how much did you spend on the audio ads? Work backwards, right? Run a few tests like that until you're confident and then start scaling. So that's kind of the three three things that I really, uh, really encourage. Of course, you can also do things like coupon codes and track phone numbers and things like that in the ad creative, but high level pixel post-purchase and then lift studies. Yeah, that's really cool. Because I know even me and you, when we've spoke about things, uh, you know, uh, in, in the passive audio, I think knowing that there are those attribution methods, like is it, it kind of it's it's really helpful because I think maybe a lot of people wouldn't assume that you can connect an an audio ad and actually understand and track how that's performing against against the brand. I really like you mentioned um, post purchase surveys. Um, it's something that you know I think um, maybe it's just that people are talking about it more. Um, but people are really starting to see and understand the benefit of that direct customer feedback of like, where did you hear about us? Like, you know, I know it's a very simple question. There's far more you can do with these post-purchase surveys. Um, but that's a really good point, you know, actually having that in place and understanding directly from your customers, like what made you know about us? Where did you, where did you see about the brand? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's a thing that audio has like a real advantage in, right. When I talk about it is, our average listen time of an ad is 27 seconds. What's the average view time of like an Instagram story? One second, two second, right? Don't get me wrong. Instagram stories are great. I'm not saying anything bad about Instagram story ads. Like they're amazing. But it gives you like the chance to tell a bit more of the story, right? When you have a, like 27 seconds, 30 seconds, right? Especially if you could sequence out the ad, like the user here is ad A, then B, then C, then D, right? Which is something that we built into the platform. Now you're able to hit them with multiple calls to action, multiple benefits, those sorts of things. And like you can really connect more when you tell more of that story, because you think about, you know, when somebody's the context of when somebody's listening to an audio ad, it's probably like just in their day to day life. They're at work. Right. And they're listening to audio while they're working. They're at the gym. 
they're driving in the car, that sort of thing. And so when you can connect like that, I think that it's, I think that that's really powerful and one of the advantages of audio versus other platforms, right? Because they're not like typically skipping through things, right? Like they're doing something. So they listen through the ad and that's something that we've seen a lot. Yeah. You're in a, you're, you're in that hyper engaged format, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to your point, it's not the death scroll. You're not trying to stop mm-hmm. the stop the scroll. You actually, you know, you're engaged um, in it. On, on that note, then actually teeing off that because, you know, creative is such a big thing. We think about like TikTok ads, Facebook ads. There's, mm-hmm. you know, there's the hook. There's the do this in the first three seconds. We know on YouTube yeah. ads, it's like the story arc. Mm-hmm. What are the creative best practices that you've seen, and maybe some examples if you if you have any or want to share any of like the the perfect if there is one, right? Because I'm sure it changes, but. Is yeah. there a format that if, you know, if I'm a brand thinking about testing audio ads, like, is there a format that you've seen work really well? Yeah. So interestingly enough, it kind of comes back to the same things you see with social, which is UGC, right? And so whether it's uh, like an influencer that you, the influencer that you hire or like, an, like a podcaster, if you do a host red ad, if you repurpose that to run programmatically, that's another really powerful thing, right? Like maybe if you're a larger brand and you have like a celebrity that's like, you know, kind of involved in, on some level, right? That's another great way of doing it. So I would say like that like influencer user generated uh, definitely does uh, great work. The other thing that I see is just local callouts, like make it more specific to the user, right? So if, you know, I'm running an ad and I'm saying like, hey, Los Angeles, right? Like, xyz about my brand and this is you know whatever we're doing in los angeles and these are the locations that we're at that sort of thing we did a we did a campaign with a big um ordering app let's say i I can't say their name specifically but like a very large like venture backed unicorn sort of like ordering app like food ordering right and what we did was we called out each individual restaurant in that and that added some work on the creative side but it massively increased the results. And they ended up getting a 6.4X return on ad spend because they did that, right? And I see other similar brands come in. They don't bother doing the localization. They don't bother personalizing it, right? If you're looking at like the advanced audience targeting and say, you know, you want somebody that's interested in pizza, let's say, right? Like say like, hey, we, hey, pizza lovers, right? Like right at the beginning. So just personalization really does a lot in order to drive better outcomes um, with those ads. So if you're going to go programmatic, if you're going to go with like a traditional ad spot, personalization, personalization, personalization. If you're going to go for broader reach, use somebody with influence, somebody with clout, you know, or even just like customer testimonials, right? Like get like a voice snippet and like, you know, put those stitch those in on the end of an otherwise produced ad. Those are the best kind of creative that we see perform for brands. Yeah. Makes sense. Like, like you said, that personalization and making it um, kind of like that hyper local aspect of it as well. Um, seems to make, seems to make a ton of sense. The um, targeting wise, then you kind of mentioned a bit there. So like obviously geo, like geo targeting seems like a real unlock because you can personalize to those geolocations and to your point of like what brands it makes a lot of sense for if there is a is a geo-specific element to what you're trying to achieve. Um, you know, outside of the accessibility to like Spotify podcasts, how do you target? What are the targeting options? Is it is it like, you know, everything in media these days is broad, 
don't worry about any targeting. I'm, I'm guessing it's a little bit different um, for audio ads, right? Yeah, it is a little bit different, right? And I'll, I'll say this, you know, if you're going to do any kind of testing with audio, you need to be thinking locally, right? Um, kind of regardless. And the reason for that is that you want to drive up frequency. Frequency with audio is a positive signal where you might look at frequency with like a Facebook ad and say, okay, it's time to start you know, replacing the creative, right? And this is actually a thing that agencies say to us that they love is that the creative rotation on an audio ad is like the life of it is months, right? Not like days or weeks. And that can definitely like reduce like the burden of um, creative production a lot, right? But that said, you want to you target locally, maybe like a city or like a, like a metropolitan area, right? Something substantive, but still like kind of concentrated so that you can drive that frequency um up quite a bit uh is, is number one number two yeah you don't want to just like go broad and let it rip that almost never works for audio right um and i think it's one of the bigger education pieces that we have which is earlier days of facebook right where you would pick out lots of very specific audiences and interest and they follow this page and you know demographic info things like that that's really how you want to think about uh audio now we have um built into the platform like optimization logic right you install the pixel we get enough signal back we start doing things like applying you know weighting it more towards spotify versus pandora right or you know men versus women and like time of the day day of the week what device they use, all sorts of different factors right dozens of them um but that said the, the loop uh, the closing that loop is a little bit harder because it's not click-based. So it optimizes on like a day-to-day -day basis, not like an hour-to-hour -hour basis or minute-to-minute, -minute, right? Like some of the bigger platforms. So with that said, it's still not a great idea to go broad, even with that conversion optimization. Um, so, you know, do yourself a favor, start on second base, right? Uh, and, you know, grab like some of the things that you know about your customer um, and run and run it that way. So, you know, to that end, we have demographic targeting. We have thousands of advanced audiences, right? We put a lot of work actually into um, repurposing a lot of the audiences that work really well on connected TV, like Hulu and things like that, in order to make them work better for audio. And we've seen a ton of success in that um, as we've added them in. Yeah. And I guess like the creative production element to do like lots of localized creative it's not the same, it doesn't have the same cost impact, right? Because the production of an audio ad is probably, what is it? Just someone speaking, right? Maybe some music overlays, like the, the cost to do that. So yeah, I mean, if you're going to do it, it makes sense to really take that localized, personalized approach. Because, um, you, you know, the, the audio production cost or the creative production costs, how you want to phrase it, isn't, isn't large. No, no, it's not. And honestly, too, a lot of the times what they'll do is, somebody will make a template right and it's 80 percent the same and then what you're doing is you're editing in you know the hey austin hey los angeles hey new york whatever right um and then going back and then just doing some light editing with that and so really yeah when you're talking about voice actor script uh music maybe some sound effects that sort of thing maybe multiple voice actors but even then the creative production is much, much lower than going out and doing something like shooting original video, right? Or collecting a ton of customer reviews and then like splicing them together in different ways and things like that, right? It's um, it's a much, much lower burden for agencies. And I think that that's part of the reason that they like it is they can get a lot of reach. The life is a lot longer because the frequency is a positive signal of repeating the message. You actually don't want to switch it out too much. 
Uh, and that's something that we really found uh, resonates with both agencies and brands uh, and frankly with the customers as well. So, yeah, yeah, makes sense. Where does audio ads go? So what's the future of audio ads? How is it going to evolve? Oh, in video game is the future, right? And so, yeah, yeah. Actually, interestingly enough, in video game is our best performing on a return on ad spend basis, right? Everybody thinks podcast, everybody thinks streaming music, but in video game, when you look at how cheap it is and how great the targeting is and how much more click-throughs it gets and everything else, the return on ad spend is much, much better. And we're going to see like greater and greater proliferation of audio ads in video game. Uh, the reason is, is that developers of you know video games can insert more ad slots uh, and get that revenue without disrupting the user experience as much, right? So you think about it as you're playing like a game on your phone or something like that. And that's where most of these are going um you know live streaming as well right and it's a better user experience to keep the video keep the game going but then just cut for an audio ad and have a banner uh you know a banner companion show up in like the sidebar or something like that and so yeah i'm very bullish on in video game uh, especially for e-commerce dc brands um where you can reach those users and you can target them well and you know um yeah it, it just it performs extremely well on a return on ad spend basis yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, I hadn't. I actually hadn't thought about that angle. I mean, when we're talking about highly engaged, like highly engaged kind of like formats, video games. I mean, they're they're dialed in, right? Like that's the phrase they use. I'm like dialed into my game. So I mean, it makes it makes a ton of sense. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and like a lot of the times too, like the developers in the game will even make it so it's like rewarded for the game, right? Listen to the ad to completion and get you know. 2x the points or what what have you right or 2x the tokens like in game right and so those users are really incentivized to like listen through it now they're not all incentivized ads in that sense but like some of them are um and that's really powerful in, in addition to like the biggest question i get about that is what if it's muted well the ad doesn't actually play if it's muted right so their sound has to be on for the ad to like actually like win the bid and serve and so yeah, basically that's built in that, yeah, you have a captive audience and they're incentivized to like listen to the actual ad and not just, you know, set down their phone and walk away or something like that. Um, and that's the big reason, part of the reason that we see so such great results from them. Yeah. Skippable, non-skippable. That, that's still a thing, right? Um, in terms of like, is that is that how you, um, how much control do you have of that? Because again, I'm, my memory is blanking a bit. It's been a while since I've done this at, at scale personally. Uh, my team do, but um, how? Like, what's the approach, and how do people navigate the skippable versus non-skippable content? Yeah, yeah. Well, so skippable versus non-skippable is something we should talk about, but also downloaded versus streaming is something that's worth talking about as well, right? So skippable, non-skippable, the way that you can parse that out is really with like the results that you're seeing on the back end, right? So one of the things that we offer is actually like quartile breakdowns of how much people listen to the ad. So if you think like a 30 second ad spot, right? 25% would be seven and a half seconds, 50% is 15, et cetera. Um, and so what you can actually do is start to optimize your campaigns towards publishers where you're seeing the most 100% completions, right? That's one way of optimizing in addition to conversions that it can be really powerful, right? And so you can avoid people that skip or close the app or, or hate ads or what have you. Um, the other side of it uh, with the uh, downloaded versus streaming ads, right, is a lot of the podcast inventory is downloaded, right? 
so it's like important to think that like when the user downloads the actual podcast is when that ad is inserted, right? You only pay for it, you know, kind of once that once they listen typically. Um, but uh, you know, and the IAB has standards around that and, and things of that nature. And a lot of it comes in as like pre-rolls essentially as well. Um, but yeah, that's another consideration too, streaming versus downloaded, right? Um, because the user, especially if you have like a time sensitive sale or something like that, the user might download the podcast and listen to it two weeks later and that's no good. And so, so something to consider for sure as you do part of your strategy, right? And like saying like, Hey, this is really time sensitive. Maybe I want to like stay away from these downloaded podcasts for this campaign, right? Or maybe this is kind of more of an evergreen brand building reach net new and, you know, downloaded podcast makes a lot of sense in that scenario. Um, so something to consider for sure. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Jeremy, we're coming up on time a little bit, but um, I think you dropped some absolute gems on audio. As it, I, I'm a big fan. It, it's something we're testing. Um, I think there's a massive opportunity. Um, you know, anything that taps you into highly engaged audiences in, in a way um, that is as well, like I think, as we said at the beginning, that measurement piece is so important. Um you know, I even look at my own agency, like everything we do is like, there needs to be a performance element to it. Not always super low funnel, but um, I think that's really cool. So um, I want to finish on, and we kind of touched upon some of it, but again, for anyone listening, what are the top three things? If you're thinking about audio ads, what should the top three things they should be considering uh, before kind of diving in? Yeah, absolutely. So number one, um, frequency is your friend, right? And you want to personalize, localize, as much as possible. Um, that's going to drive better outcomes. Um, and so to that end, when you're setting up like a test for an audio campaign, you're not going to know the results in like three days, right? Like you need to like really dedicate at least like a few weeks, but preferably like a month plus to like a campaign to like understand what the outcomes are, right? Number two, um, really consider the format and think about the kinds of stories that you can tell, right? And the better story that you can tell around your brand the the with like this audio ad thinking keeping in mind that you have 27 seconds 30 seconds or if you sequence out ads like even multiple minutes to tell that story right um i think you can do some different things there uh in order to like drive value in different ways than maybe just like a flashy visual uh like a lot of people are used to with like ugc content or like an unwrapping and like people screaming and stuff like that don't get me wrong that's great but it's just not the same format that works for audio and then i would say the third thing is that you know, if you're really considering um, testing out audio, right, and you're used to, uh, and you're looking for that engaged audience, consider in video game, right? Audio is a lot more than podcasting. Podcasting is great. I love podcasting. We sell podcast. There's podcast ads being sold on Decibel right now uh, behind as we're talking, right? But that said, it's not the only format, right? I think that that's what gets people interested and they come in. But there's a lot of value in, in video game and digital radio and all sorts of stuff, right? And so just take a more holistic kind of look at the space and see what's going to work specifically for your brand in the context of the campaign that you're trying to run. Yeah, love it. Amazing. Amazing. Jeremy, really appreciate it. If people want to find you or learn more about audio ads, what's where's what is the best place for them to find you? decibelads.com of course is the best place to find me or if you want to just talk to me twitter is always great uh at Jer jeremy sunny and i'm just going to spell it out because nobody can spell my name so it's <laughs> at j-e-r-o-m-y-s-o-n-n-e 
Uh, I'm pretty active on Twitter and always happy to take a DM and answer any questions that somebody might have. So awesome. Awesome. Really appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Appreciate you having me on and let me ramble. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, it was great. Thank you, dudes. Thank you.